Hi. Hi. <laughs> it's still so weird, isn't it? Is it? Still so it's weird. really nice. Though. I feel so much. I feel very relaxed. Oh, you seem so relaxed. I'm well. You know, you you still got your woolly hat on. Well, you know how I like wearing my plaits with a hat. Mm. I can't get away with plaits anymore with no hat. I don't think. Really? Mm. What do you think the hat um, does to sort of like alleviate the plaits? It's just a, it's a bold look. Whereas yeah. when I just have my hair and plaits, I, I I'm worried that now I look increasingly like um, mutton dressed as lamb. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Um, I've actually never used that phrase before, and I still don't quite know what it means. I just have. I don't even know what a fucking mutton is. Yeah, I don't know what a mutton is. I I think it's an old sheep. Lovely. <laughs> well, this has started well. Um, no, I just don't want to be one of those, I, and nothing against older women who have extremely long hair, but I don't want to be one of them. Sure. And I'm, you know, I'm 34. I need to I need to think about my hair and your hairstyle, your brilliant new bob. Mm. Has it really made it's you very really, jealous? It's made, but the thing is, if I got a bob... It wouldn't be curly like you. You've got a nice wave naturally. Mine would be dead straight. Yeah. Which is in in a way much more chic. Yes, but thin. Yours at least looks like it's got... But your hair looks so much thicker now. Yeah, I know, I know. But do you I, really love it? I, I do love it, but I um I don't... I th- My hair was really damaged, so she had to cut all these layers. So it means mm. I've got like these really short Oh, is short that why bits. it's wavy? No, 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 no. Uh, she... Uh, it would have been wavy anyway, but... Um, you fucking <laughs> all right. Bitch. I know that you don't believe I have curly hair, um, but... Look at the proof. Look at the proof in okay. front of you right now. Um, but it just means I've got these really short bits, so I can't do any kind of plaits or ponytails or anything like that. Everything sticks out, unless I use like 100 clips. But I think that that can kind of look quite cute sometimes. It does. And it's great. Also, when you wear you wore plaits the other day and you tie them into little bun, yeah. and little pigtails. Yeah. So cute. Exactly. But no, mine would be very... If, if there would be no... It would be the same if I cut it in terms of... It would just be completely straight. Mm. And flat, and I think I'd look horrendous. So, yeah, I think I can only get away with my plaits now if I wear a nice beanie, a fun beanie, like yeah, I'm like, an indie film. Like you're a hat girl. Yeah, I am a hat girl. You know I'm a hat girl. You actually always have been a hat girl. Love a hat. Margot was wearing her gold sparkly hat this morning on her way to school, and we were both wearing plaits, and I did worry that we looked like... Like you're starting a cult. <laughs> she did an American accent all the way to school. Um, she... For some reason, she knows. She was like, "Mommy, this is how pop stars kiss," and started doing hilarious kissing, and then walked with her hands out to the side, like, like a proper sachet type walk. Mm. Is it sachet the right word? Mm. Sachet away. Yeah, sachet away all yeah. the way to school with her funny. And Donnie was like, "Why is her bum going side to side?" Um, she was. She pretended ten was her husband. Oh my god! She's like, I have to go to Scotland now. Ten, my husband. I have to go. And it was so funny. And then we got around the corner and she she thought it was me coming. So she continued doing the accent and the sacheting. But it was somebody in her class. And her skin went bright red. Oh her whole God. face. And she was like, Mommy, Jack just saw me. Jack just saw me doing my accent. <laughs> and it's just so funny because she's so confident with us, but just so different at school. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. She's a complete extrovert at home, but at school she she performs as an introvert. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Maybe it's because um, if she pretends to sort of be shy and like bookish at school, 
Margot's really intelligent, so she likes the way that teachers treat her that way because she's probably viewed as a really good girl because she's not making too much noise. I think that this is a woman who just knows how to please people. Totally. So at school, like, so the second I drop her off, she goes and hovers by the teacher and wants to kind of make a good impression on the teacher the entire time. Yeah, she's taking she's taking a leaf out of my book. I know, because you... What were you like? I don't remember. I was so, so preppy and geeky uh, when I was young, too. Like, But you weren't loud at home, either. I wasn't loud at home. I definitely wasn't as extroverted as Margot. But I remember sort of even at a very young age, performatively reading like big books from the library that I did, ha- I had no real interest in, in front of teachers and stuff so that they would walk past and be like, gosh, Bibi, you're such a, such a good girl. And I'd be like, thank you. But thank also you then so you much. had this ability to go on stage, whatever, you know, kids show you're doing and just be like yeah. a different person. Yeah, I guess so. So I think that Margot clearly just is somebody that has like a very, um, she's very emotionally intelligent already, which is just so fantastic. Yeah. This is on, isn't it? Yeah. You didn't have... You, you, you press the gain button. Yeah, the gain button is where it needs to be. Baby's such a little technical whiz now. Mm, exactly. I know. I know. 2022. Read big books. <laughs> I definitely don't read big books. Um, big books. But so we wanted to first of all talk about a film that we've both gone to see. You mm-hmm. see? Yeah. <laughs> the Paul Thomas Anderson latest film, Licorice Pizza. So I thought licorice was spelt with a Q, but it's not. I thought it was spelled no, with a Q too. It's L I C O R I C E. Maybe there's a UK US spelling. Mm. Um, so I um, do you like Paul Thomas Anderson's previous work? What was it? So he's done films <laughs> like The Master, N- not seen. Um, oh, didn't that's he the do one with the, Joaquin Phoenix the and dying Phoenix film. Elfman. Um Inherent Vice. He did the film with Daniel Day Lewis where he was a th- like a a so a seam seamster. There will be blood. Yes, he did. There will be blood. Which oh, is he did amazing. the one with the, the seamstress. It's uh, called something like the Lover. A phantom Thread. See, I liked that one. There will be blood. It's not my kind of movie, but I do have a soft spot for Paul Dano. Oh my god! Mm. Isn't he great? I love that film, and I love that scene where um, Daniel Day Lewis and Paul Dano are like um, scrapping in the mud. Well, I don't remember anything from any film I've ever seen, but I can imagine that was amazing. It was a very, very good scene. And he's actually just another example of a couple we can talk about later. Um, so, yeah, so Paul Thomas Anderson is, like, the number one favourite director of all, uh, like, uh, indie people. Right. Because like, anyone that went to film school, like, is obsessed with Paul Thomas Anderson because all of his films, like, have so many layers and so many difficult um, things that you don't really understand on first viewing. Like, Horatio's obsessed with Inherent Vice, which is his other film with Joaquin Phoenix, and it's almost indecipherable. You have to watch that film, like, three times to understand it. And I never really... That's just not my type of viewing experience. So I went into this expecting, again, something similar. Um, but it was just... It just blew me away. Are you serious? Yes, absolutely blew me away. Amazing, because you said, oh, you'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. You just go and sit there and enjoy. I I completely can see why you loved it. Yeah. Because it's so you. And also, there's something so fantastic about casting Alana from Haim. Yeah, and her sisters and having her real parents in the film. But I just thought it was hilarious how good Alana was and how shit the other two were. (laughs) (laughs) They were not natural actresses, those two. Yeah, so clearly, Paul Thomas Anderson, apparently, because, you know, he's married to Maya Rudolph from SNL. Oh, and and she had that funny cameo as the casting director. Um, So he... uh, He's lived in LA all of his life and is somebody that just has like a knack, like intuition for casting. So that's why he does cast people that are non-actors sometimes or have just really interesting faces. 
And I just really liked the idea that after directing some of the Haim music videos, he just had this sense that she would be a really good leading lady. And she's mm. just got such an interesting face, like mm. such a Paul Thomas Anderson face. Yeah. Um, and obviously Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Uh, What's his name? His name is Dustin. Is it Dustin? I have no idea. Um, I know oh because I'm thinking of Dustin Hoffman. That's obviously not his name. <laughs> shit. Um, I given given that you know I'm sure Paul Thomas Anderson had a relationship with this um, kid and felt sorry for him after his um, father passed away. Mm. To know that he, I think he must have wrote, wrote this role for him because yeah. he just had such natural stage presence. I Cooper. thought he was Cooper. Cooper what a Hoffman. fucking great name! I thought he was exceptional yeah. I've never seen such a likable performance Nor I think I. anyone mm. um, but you thought it was too long didn't you no so I loved both Cooper and Lana's performance mm. um, so I, I, I absolutely loved it and I loved how it looked and I loved the opening the opening sequence was amazing but I just thought it was a series of short films put together there were so many endings where it, it could have I could have happily just been like okay yeah and I think that's kind of what he was trying to do because to me, that film felt like it was all in the sort of romance period of a film where there's no, like, really crazy high stakes where you're not, like, really nervous about the the ending of the film. It didn't really have, like, the most entangled plot. No, Instead, no plot. It just it just wanted you to explore that world of 70s California. I just, I just absolutely loved it. I, I guess, but I think my problem with it was that I wanted dinner. Yeah. And I, it was the night where my mum had the baby. So I was like, okay, well, we'll watch the film at five and then we'll be able to be home by eight and have dinner and still like have an evening at home. Whereas the film like seems to last like five hours and then we got home <laughs> and it was too late to eat. So we had, oh, it was just a diver. But if I hadn't have been wanting to eat, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Did you like Bradley Cooper's cameo? Bradley Cooper and Sean Penn's cameos were fantastic. Absolutely Sean fantastic. Penn's almost wasn't enough. I thought, why would he say yes to that? He must just love Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm, mm. Um, I also thought the whole, I thought they could have gone more with the story of him being a kid performer, Cooper. Yes. Because I just thought that was hilarious how he was... These these young boys still playing boys, mm. but they were actually rampant, you know, hormonal teenagers. Yeah, and the fact that he was, like, ageing out of it in that one scene in the casting office, they're clearly looking at him thinking, he's past it now. I love that scene. That yeah. was actually one of the best scenes when he had to kind of pretend to be casting. He was he was in a casting for an advert and had to change in, in and out of a waistcoat and then a suit. And the time, the stillness and the silence mm. and Maya Rodolph watching him... Mm. It was brilliant. I can just totally imagine being in an audition like that. Mm. But I think that what's so fascinating about it, and I think what, I think overall the reviews have been like incredibly positive, but like with some probably quite liberal people, um, they have an issue with the age gap portrayal because he is 15 and she's 25. And that's obviously, that is a weird age gap. Mm. Um, But in this film, I don't know why, it just feels natural because he is this young man who has so much purpose in life and she is this young woman who is directionless and they just they they provide each other with something and so i feel like in this in in the terms of this film i didn't mind the age gap relationship but i know that some people have an issue with it they think it portrays like grooming what do you think i the thing is i think that they held out for as long as possible before they kissed so that they would almost justify them eventually getting together because they had waited. 
and all of the running scenes and the angst of will they won't they and then when he seems to reject her at the waterbed kind of opening ceremony shop ceremony thing and then she gets drunk and tries it on with them and, and, and then that doesn't work I think they they really tried to like make it you know as elongated as possible so that they wouldn't be at risk of that criticism yeah but I that was my main criticism actually I didn't feel like they really loved each other I thought they were really good friends but I don't think there was actually enough there to prove that they were they had this kind of sexual longing for each other and I just I that was I, I wish there was a bit more there well I think maybe if they had made his character 18 rather than 15. Mm. 15 seems like quite a random age, but apparently it was inspired by the director actually seeing a high school student trying to chat up um, like a young woman who was working uh, photographing students Mm. at the school. And he was just so impressed by this like kid trying to chat up an older woman that that's where that inspiration for the whole film came from. But maybe if they'd made him 18, it would have felt like slightly more like you you didn't feel uncomfortable with it. But I just think Given the age gap, it was remarkable how un, um, uncomfortable. I totally. But I think almost if they had made more of that, yeah. they'd made more of the, the, with the plot of it being about this age gap and whether that's right or wrong to pursue a 15-year-old, even though she didn't technically pursue him, she definitely hung around and let her, you know, ambitions be fueled by him. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been a more interesting thing. I think there was such a lack of story and then it just went off in such weird places like the Bradley Cooper stuff, him being the, you know, toy boy of Barbara Streisand. Streisand. (laughs) Um, And that stuff, I thought it was great. But what was that? That was just random. Because he was based on a real guy. um, And so I think that that was again just an avenue that he wanted to explore. It didn't really need to have much meaning. It's just like the way that the film sort of meanders around all of these interesting people that existed in in, in that moment in time. I loved it. Yeah, and also I think the more time I've had away from it now and I am thinking about it, I completely understand why those scenes were there and I can really appreciate it. But that's not enough for me because I was in the cinema annoyed. Mm. And so it's all very well to enjoy something after and to think, oh, actually, that was very clever. Mm. But it's not good enough, really. You need to... I, I think there, there needed more payoff in the cinema. Well, that's just so, so interesting. There we yeah. go. I think that if you haven't seen it, I would wholeheartedly recommend that you go and see it and then you can form your own opinion. But yeah. it is a beautiful, beautiful film, visually, at least. You know, And so. she is incredible, actually, and it's made me like the Haim sisters way more. So much. And I... I mean, not that I've never not liked them. I've always been, you know, massive... Ma- not massive fan. I like them. Yeah. I like their hair. I like their hair, especially their hair. Yeah, if we had another sister, we could totally be, like, you know... Fame, and and fame some kind of musical talent. <laughs> oh, well, speak for yourself, BB. You know I've got it. You know I've got it. Um, so, the other thing we wanted to talk about, which I've been trying to get you to watch for ages... Is Scenes from a Marriage, mm-hmm. which I have finally watched. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm on the third or fourth episode. Is it on um, Netflix? No, no, no. It's on Apple TV or Amazon Prime. Right, yeah. yeah. Fuck. Um, I'm just, just, it's have you incredibly finished it? good. No, I haven't okay. finished it yet. I'm on the last episode, I'm pretty sure. Oh my God. It's just so good. So I've just, oh, I don't want to, maybe we shouldn't do any spoilers. Mm, don't do any spoilers. In terms of a relationship drama, yes. what's, your, what's your main feeling from it? I just can't believe how much I sympathise with both of them Mm. and how much it makes you think about the actual 
realities of being in a long-term relationship because even though both of these people are so beautiful and so attractive and intelligent and they have this life to fully understand they both struggle it like within the confines of a relationship because that's what happens when you've been with somebody for 10 plus years it just made my heart hurt because I got so upset watching it me and Alfie were away in Liverpool on our one night as a romantic getaway and we chose to watch that big mistake I ended up just needing to get undressed after <laughs> I was like naked on the bed, like writhing around in tears. And I don't understand. I felt suffocated after watching it. I felt like I w- couldn't breathe. I was so upset. The end of the second episode. Yeah. The, sec- the first episode is quite, I didn't really know what was going on. And now I realise what was going on. But And I was kind of annoyed by it, but intrigued. But then in the second episode, I wanted to, I wanted to punch her. Mm. And I loved him mm. and I was so on his side. And I think it's coming back to the idea of, of a woman leaving her child. I just, anything to do with that. It's I, so interesting how that makes audience feel, an audience feel. Mm. Sorry, I don't know why I just said yeah. audience. I think, so like the original, maybe not the original, but like an early example of that is A Doll's House, which mm. I think everyone studies in school, which is about the lead character, Nora, sort of um, re- rebelling against being like a stay-at-home mom and leaving and that's like such a shock at the end of the play um and it really makes people sort of analyze how they view motherhood and Mm -hmm. like the responsibility that women have because ultimately if it was a man leaving it just doesn't have the same impact you hate a woman so much more for abandoning a family and why is that I know it's because we think that mothers are more responsible, but it must just also, some part of it has to be about like maybe an underlying hatred for women, like being I free. I don't know. I just, because it, it's just so uncommon. Yeah. It's so much more rare um, for a woman to leave and for a woman to be, to, to hate the situation so much that she has to leave, to choose romantic, fleeting love above a stable home mm. is, is just, it's just shocking and I, it makes it, it, I felt like my heart was ripped open and it's all, you know, narcissistic and, and thinking about my own situation, thinking how I would respond in, in a situation like that. But at the same time, I just, I just cannot relate. Yeah. I just cannot relate. And it makes me, and I didn't understand because the, the, the genius of this show is that you really don't, you think you're seeing everything because it's so raw, the whole thing, but we can't know what their marriage was like from the beginning and. It, I, I think you must have got to the point where he kind of, she says, you know, you were so uptight, you were so religious and I, I can never be this kind of sexy being for you. It was always kind of, and obviously they go through this sexual evolution throughout their relationship and then she has this, her own identity formed by this affair and kind of has residual anger that she wasn't allowed to express that sexual part of herself in the younger version of her marriage. Mm -hmm. And those years are wasted. And so she's kind of living out this second youth in this affair that ultimately is going nowhere. And she's left her family and destroyed everything for it. But she needed to do that to reclaim her sexual journey or whatever. Totally, totally. It's like, it's, yeah, it is the story of... uh of a woman um, being born again after she's realised that family life sort of killed her in a Mm. way or killed a version of her, which is so sad. It's so sad, but it's also, when you get to the ending, I think you'll see that there's, it was so perfectly done because 
they don't necessarily get back together, but they definitely they definitely have an understanding of where each other has gone wrong and where they've each gone wrong themselves and their sexuality, their sexual relationship grows from that, even if it's weird and fucked up. But they allow themselves to be fucked up. They allow themselves to be having sex and not be married. Yeah. And it's it's quite nice to see how love, no matter how messy it gets, if it's really love, it does prevail. Mm. And I think that's just, that's that's what I really took away from it. And the performances were just so brutal yeah they were so horrible to each other yeah and I love seeing like something like that because that's humans that's mm. what we're like you're hor- we're horrible exactly empathetic um, but it did make me think and this is what we wanted to talk about today is the idea of it, there are so few role models out there for for young people in love and I'm so depressed by that I really don't have many examples in my own life and then in in Hollywood or in the industry I just don't I mean I can't think of any and then with the news the big news because you know how much I love Jason Momoa because of Aquaman (laughs) the big news if you didn't see it (laughs) do you remember seeing Jason Momoa I mean at the convention I know I know he is a hunk Hunk of a man. I swear he? he was dressed in some kind of costume at the convention. He might have been. He seems very earnest. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so he um, was married to Lisa Bonet, famously Zoe Kravitz's mother. So that was just like... beautiful woman in the world. The that, mother to the most beautiful woman in the world. So just like a very insanely confusing, sexy Venn diagram of like, is Jason Momoa like like Zoe Kravitz's dad or, yeah. or lover or it's just very strange did but, you say when I said about Jason Momoa were you the one to be like they fucked Zoe, Zoe and Jason fucked I didn't say that Alfie but like, did. that 100% sounds like something I would think <laughs> and say so yeah yeah I'm very twisted in that way but Lisa Bonet is so beautiful mm. love her cameo in Girls Oh yeah! Love her. What does she play? Girls. A therapist. She plays Desi's like uh, lover slash yes. therapist when Marnie and Desi have uh, got divorced. Very um, good. Very good. So she's like ethereally beautiful. Mm-hmm. Jason Momoa is the manliest man in the world, oh and they I think they have a decade age gap, mm-hmm. and they have two relatively young children, plus um, Lisa Lisa Zoe, but she had Zoe when she was like twenty. Yeah. What a cool setup, you know? Totally. Oh my God, I'm crushed. I'm just crushed. Mm. But... Why are you crushed? I'm just crushed because it's such a cool idea to have a younger, like most gorgeous, I think he's the most gorgeous man in the world. Mm. And she's the most beautiful woman in the world. But like have a young, like hunk husband. (laughs) Do you fancy younger men? Well, he's not young. He's definitely older than me. But like, what I mean is, like, if I was, if would I you, was older, yeah, would you like? Do you think that that's the the pinnacle of female empowerment? Yeah, totally. To be like fifty and to be fucking a thirty-five year old. It is. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Like, so. come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think that once it gets over thirty, once both parties are over thirty, I kind of feel like, yeah, all bets are off. You can pretty totally. much go with anyone. But I do still have like a bit of a. Gives me a bit of an icky feeling when somebody in their late twenties goes out with like a nineteen-year-old. No, that I find that That's, exactly creepy. Because I, yeah. I just like to me, it's not really about age; it's about life stages. And you want to. It's. It, I think what's nice about going out with someone your age is that you have similar life experiences. But even if you have a couple of decades apart or something like that, 
at least what you want is that you've both reached full adulthood that you're not still like lagging behind one of you is lagging behind yeah that must be annoying i when you see in films and stuff when there's like um an older one in the relationship and they have the younger one has their 30th birthday mm. i always find that would just be so odd mm. to do yeah if you were the older one and you had to celebrate their 30th i i mean you're not there yet but i just find i think that would be really weird um, but yeah, I think once you've got past 30, it does kind of get a bit more, you know, fair game. Totally. So yeah, it is a real shame. It's just a shame because why why can't people just last? What What is the secret? And we, we put this on Instagram. We got so many, so many messages. And I think that's telling because people in long-term relationships desperately want to cling on to the idea that they exist, mm. other other couples exist. And what was hilarious about the messages I got, probably, <laughs> like, probably all of them said the same four couples. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so I got, I got um, uh, David and Victoria Beckham. Okay, I didn't get that one. Um, I got uh, Freddie Pins Jr. Yep. and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Got, got that one. I got that about one about ten times. I got that one about ten times. That was, like, insanely requested. Um, I got Sarah, Good- Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick. Yeah, got that one. <laughs> Richard and Judy. <laughs> okay, Another but let's be honest. Let's be honest. There, you know, I don't. I think that's a front marriage. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely a scam marriage. Yeah. Um, and then I also got um, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Sam Taylor Woods. No, I didn't get that one. That's interesting. Yeah, because I think that people actually just wanted us to talk about that one to see what our opinion is. Because again, that that's another example of a bit of a groomy slash age gap relationship question. Is it? Yes. Well, totally. That's why you could read it first. But I think you have to look at someone's background. Yeah. So if you, and also their status in, no one is the same. So a 50-year-old woman who's um, an amazing artist and had an amazing career, already had a successful marriage with children, financially secure, fulfilled, happy, whatever, like is different to... Uh, you know, another woman who's 50 and, and not had the same experiences. A, a boy, I don't know how old they were when they got together. I think he was 18. But the, the issue is it's supposedly the, that he, she knew him from the age of 16 or 17 because or nowhere something boy. like that. Yeah, so it's just about whether or not it's appropriate for someone to get into a relationship with you as an adult when they knew you as a child. There's yeah. something about that that to, seems to really irritate people. I yeah, completely understand. completely understand why people might think that. But, she, but then if you think about a child actor, they're usually sped up in lots of ways. They're usually quite mature. He probably, I don't know what his parents, you know, whether they were together or they're not. You know, like he's, he's not probably a normal 16-year-old boy. He's no. a, probably a sped up 18-year-old boy. Like clearly somebody who's super mature. But then again, you could argue that even if someone is portraying like qualities of being mature, um, they are still literally a young person. Mm. And I think a lot of people, because they felt a certain like um, possession over Aaron Johnson. Because, because of kick-ass. No, because of Angus Longs and Perfect Snogging. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was like the the holy bible of people my age. That was like mm. the number one film growing up. Because we felt a certain like sense of possession over him as like this teen heartthrob to know that he chose to be with a woman who was 42 rather than one of us. Yeah. Uh, it was, I think that's probably why people have such a visceral reaction to it because then he became a dad at 21 and it just seemed like... And he seems quite happy. He seems totally happy. That's what's really freaky about it because there's all sorts of conspiracy theories online about like Sam Taylor Wood being or, like a, a groomer and all this shit. But actually... 
if you look at the relationship and they are happy, you do kind of just have to like, you know, put down your pitchforks, I guess. I think it's a sign of someone extremely intelligent. Yeah. To be like, well, fuck it. I love this woman. Um, yeah, I could go and I could fish around. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Yeah. But I've got a good one. So yeah, but I, I always around? find it a little bit insulting or like maybe just like, unappealing when young men are like oh yeah I prefer older women with all the experience you know they I like I like women who know themselves because that just feels like an insult that also feels a little bit misogynistic too like what so you don't like messy young women who haven't figured themselves out yet yeah I mean it's yeah it's like the same level of insult that I get when I like fancy an actor or a writer or a celebrity or a comedian and then I look up um, them online and they're married and I'm just like well that's a bit rude <laughs> you didn't have to shove it in my face um, but there's something so immediately like immediately changes my perception of somebody when I know they've been in a long-term relationship yeah makes you like them more no no it doesn't make me like them more it it just changes I don't know what it is it it makes me sometimes respect them more because if, especially if somebody's incredibly successful and prolific, does a lot of work, constantly doing something, and they're in a long-term relationship, I always respect them a bit more because I'm like, okay, well, they definitely have opportunities to fuck around, and they don't. And they have chosen to be in a successful relationship, but also to primarily focus their attention on creative things and work and not wasting time searching around for another, like, sexual you know, fling or high or buzz or whatever. And I think that's quite cool. Um, not to be, not that's not saying that you can't be in a long-term relationship and constantly get like, you know, buzz, a buzz from, you know, like all the new sex you're having with the same person. <laughs> all the amazing, fun, innovative sex that you're having all the time, every minute of the day. But what's so great about the realisation once you've been in a long-term relationship, which I think now I technically have been, and eight you, years. Eight, well, eight years, you know, without our, you know, little break. Well, two-year break. Um, is is realising that, yes, they could have new sex with someone else and that would be great and fun and that person would be completely different with you, have a different mouth, you know, have a different vagina, <laughs> have completely different body parts. Mm. That would be thrilling. Yeah. But it is essentially that sex would also get old. All sex gets old. Exactly, and that's what Jessica Chastain's character realises, mm. isn't it? Yeah. In in, in, a, in scenes from a marriage. Yeah. Which and is... then she realises when he's kind of pining after her, the new young guy, and wanting to have a family with her, and she's realising, oh, the same thing will happen. Exactly. So what do I do? Do I keep chasing this kind of new sex mm-hmm. with many different people, or do I accept that I've actually got quite a good deal at home? Completely. I mean, that's, this is something that I, uh, I, I've thought about, because it, it being in a long-term relationship when you're still relatively young, there's so much sort of societal pressure, or at least sort of think like stuff in pop culture that implies that your 20s should be for fucking around and like exploring, and that you're basically not living your best life if you are tied down to one person. But when I really think about, not only could I never like not be with the person I love, but the idea as well of just like going on first dates and like, I would be so, like, I I know that you have, like, the fun of maybe, like, sleeping around. But what about the nights in between? Mm. Like, I I would be so lonely. Yeah. So I just think it's so interesting the ways that you don't, like, neither situation is perfect, but you just have to choose one and stick to it. Yeah, I think, ultimately, the couples that have lasted and work 
are right for each other. Yes. And even and you can be right for each other and still break up. But I think, you know, Lisa Bonet and Jason Momoa lasted a good 16 years. Yeah. And I, I still, I think that's a success. Definitely a success. So it's the marriages that last like two years that are the fuck-ups. Like Zoe Kravitz and her husband. Yes. You know, who had this big engagement and, you know, have like, she's probably, you know, a lot of her tattoos are probably because of him. Mm. On her, you know, sexy forearms. God, she's got such sexy mm. arms. I want some forearm tattoos like her. You know, I might just take a photo. I might just screenshot Zoe Kravitz's arm. And, and just be that. like, recreate this, yeah. please. Can't really, you have to really zoom in because they're tiny. Um, such sexy little tiny daddos. She's just so tiny. She is such a tiny little fairy woman, isn't she? <laughs> so she's now, isn't she fucking Channing Tatum? I know, and they seem like the coolest Hollywood mm. couple. But, okay, this is but really interesting. he was with Sophia... From One Tree Hill, exactly. Wasn't he? No, 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 no. no. He was with. One... The, he was. He was with the. He, he was married to the girl that was in Step Up with him, wasn't he? Perfect film. Perfect film. <laughs> On, Much like Rich Pizza. Go watch Step Up this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> On a separate note, do you find um like male stripping attractive? Oh yeah, only if it's Channing Tatum. <laughs> Because I don't know, I, I think I was watching an episode of something and there was like a male stripper and I just was like, I feel like a group of people watching a stripper in this, it falls in the same category for me as karaoke. I don't understand why people find it fun and I think that we're all lying to each other about enjoying it because what is fun about all collectively watching something and feeling really awkward and nervous? And- exactly, because if a man strips, they take off their pants. Do you see the dick? <laughs> Because at least with a female strip, you, should you ask see the that boobs. Question. You, you see the boobs. That That's like the treat. With a man, you, if you, just, you see... just see a fucking dick. Who cares? <laughs> That's not something that you want to see anyway. At least all bo- boobs are good. Like yeah, there is exactly. no bad boob, exactly. I don't think. Whereas there can be bad dicks. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so no, I would not go to a male strip club. How embarrassing would that be? It would just be so embarrassing. I do would love to go to a female strip club. That is definitely something I want to do. Me this, too. In 2022. Yeah, I think that we should. We let's should. Let's do a bunch. <laughs> let's, field do, trip. Let's, let's do big plaits and hats and um, <laughs> no makeup. And just make people feel incredibly uncomfortable yeah. with our presence. Take a frappuccino. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to work out great. Take some um, pound coins. Um, so also that would I think, hurt, actually. Imagine giving pound coins. Yeah, I've always wondered how it works in UK strip clubs. Because you don't have the dollar bills. So no, like, and they're going to have to do like touchless now. Oh my COVID. God. I, I watched Closer the other day with Natalie Portman. I know, but I, again, this is a film that has not stood the test of time, but you think it has. Well, I just think it's so clearly... I really like when plays are adapted into films. And I just really like the fact that they kept the integrity of the play. It's obviously a little bit of an absurd noughties film, but I love that period of time in mm. noughties London where everything kind of looked so Great. fresh and colourful and um but also kind of drab. It's like and this such is before a specific Jude, Jude Law's downfall. Yeah. Exactly. And before he lost a lot of his hair. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry Jude. <laughs> um You got Rafferty now to take over the baton though for sleaze. <laughs> yeah, he's my age. Apparently he's a bit of a dick. Well, if you've got Jude Laura's of Ardu's fucking the nanny the entire time. Then. Exactly. I mean, he's not the perfect example of a long-term celebrity relationship. No, look at him. Poor Sienna. But having said that, this and now that I'm, you know, soon to be having hopefully a fourth child with somebody who I am certainly in a long term relationship blah, 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 um, thinking of Sadie Frost and Jude Law, they have four kids together. You know, they did last. Mm. They, they gave it a good bash. Mm. Mm. So actually, fuck it, yeah. you know. Do whatever you want now. I think that what's so clear and what we know from being vaguely, you know, in, in the industry or at least just like 
loving to gossip about the industry <laughs> is that like celebrity slash actors slash anybody in the creative arts or whatever there is like a weird freedom there is like a, there is like a sense of slightly looser morals when it comes to relationships especially if you're working away and you're not going to see your boyfriend for six months or something like that or at least from my experience I know that people in relationships tend to get really flirty with like their like cast members and when you're all staying in like a big hotel together there is like there's a sense of well once we're here like what's what we do here stays here and then when you go back home it goes home and I think that having to form like intense connections with people if you're like playing husband and wife you can understand why people are able to sort of like cross boundaries totally but also they have inflated egos yeah you're filming you're being told you're amazing the entire time you're getting kind of prodded and padded and like doled up the entire time to look your best you're acting these sexy roles of course you're going to want to go and fuck your Mm co-star and and also what's just so annoying about this is that I've never played a lead and I probably never will and I'm coming to terms with that loser on the edge who gets to watch everybody having this kind of sexual like you know holiday from their long-term partners and just being like oh that's never gonna happen for me how amazing would it be to be what's the name What's, I, I, we shouldn't, I was going to just talk about that, you know, the nymphomaniac, but I won't. <laughs> I'll um, stop myself. Other long-term couples, okay? Okay. Well, what other ones did you get? So David and Victoria Beckham. Let's, I mean, let's touch on that because okay. I feel like they have, but, they've, they've stood the test of time. Yes, but this is, I don't think they qualify because of the, you know, huge affair. Yeah. Slash many, many uncovered affairs. Yeah, yeah. So he you know, with what was her name, Rebecca Luz. Mm. That was such a world-changing affair because they were this pinnacle of long-term love and people loved them. They were this big brand. And then that affair just shocked us all. And then I think it's clear that he is a, a proper, proper, proper player. Yeah. And he, he lives in, I mean, I think they lived apart and I, I just don't think they qualify. But they have four kids together. They do nice family photos. So, But they're not separated. No, and they still do things together. That I think they've just launched some hoodies or something. <laughs> I guess the reason why maybe they're interesting is because they potentially are the perfect representation of a realistic mm. long-term Hollywood couple. Yeah. Because their sleaziness or at least his sleaziness is out in the open yeah but the fact is they're still deciding to stand together and be this family but is that because of money and is that because they could branding. stand to lose a shit ton of money I, like i wouldn't be surprised to know that actually they haven't like they don't live together they they aren't in a relationship at all but it's just a pr relationship in fact i listened to an episode of this american podcast that um, I found on Twitter that I think that you would love. It's called Fluently Forward. And this girl, she um, is like a gossip expert and talks about blind items on celebrities that you can find on the internet, which is basically... What does blind items mean? It's like a... They've been around for ages, but I feel like they're having a bit of a revival of interest. It's basically when people submit information and gossip anonymously about celebrities. Oh, like the Heat Spotted page. Like Sil Caricatona and Sainsbury's. And a lot of the things that are on blind items end up being like in the tabloids yeah they they become proven as facts so if you want to find out a lot of gossip about celebrities it is a great place to look i mean it does make you feel slightly um like soulless yeah but this girl she runs a podcast called fluently forward and she has a whole episode on like pr relationships yes and she and she categorizes them into four categories um 
you have people that are doing it to sort of stay relevant. You have people doing it to distract from maybe like a bad controversy that they're involved in. You have doing people doing it to promote a project. Um, and then I can't remember what the fourth category was, but it did make, it was really interesting the way that she was talking about it. So I really, really recommend that podcast. So they don't talk about JLo and Ben Affleck, do they? JLo and Ben Affleck is 100% a PR relationship. No, yes, so you no, have to realise no, that. No. Because she makes the really, really good point that there are some celebrity relationships where there are no paparazzi photos of them ever, even if they've had a 10 year relationship, because celebrities know how to avoid paparazzi. So if you see a paparazzi uh, photo of a couple, especially if they're looking really cutesy or really sexy, it just doesn't make any logical sense because they could easily avoid the cameras. They are doing it on purpose because they want the photographs to be taken. And for me, the photo of Ben Affleck stroking JLo's bum, which is exactly the same as the photo all of those years ago, that's just, that's too much of a telltale sign. that It's, yes. it's, it's to keep them both relevant. And the fact that he's had this big... Um, aesthetic makeover Mm -hmm. so he's lost loads of weight um i I reckon that yes it is a it's strategic yeah oh i can't bear it i can't bear it i think about jennifer garner every day really yeah i think about how she must feel every day like it's like a different level of your ex going out with like a younger prettier woman it's your ex is going out with j-lo yeah but then i don't think anybody could be more wronged than say jennifer aniston when mr and mrs smith came out Yes. I mean, that's like, imagine a film coming out where you can literally watch your husband falling in love with somebody else. I know, I know. But Jake, but, but I don't know. I just so want to believe this one's real because it's so nice in a story to have this beautiful, passionate, quick love affair, get engaged, be so, like, loved universally as this, uh, what it was, uh, Baffleck, what were they called? <laughs> what were they called? j Benefer. They were loved. And then to go and get married, to have kids with other people. She went with her childhood sweetheart. Well, I don't know if they were childhood sweethearts, but you know, previous lover, Mark Anthony. He goes with Jennifer Garner. They have three kids together. He seemingly, you know, is a changed man with Jennifer Garner, but actually now it's come out that he was actually an alcoholic and he treated her really badly or whatever. And and then they come back together and they're making the best of themselves and they're both still doing amazingly in their careers. And I just think that's really nice. It is really, really nice. And I think that maybe the the thing that I've learned is that with celebrity couples, the joy that they bring people, the joy that they bring us, like um, the lowly peasants who like, you know, eat up all of this information. If you can detach it from any any of like the sad, bleak realities of the fact that maybe this is a PR relationship, maybe they've cheated on each other, maybe they're separated and they live in different houses. If you can actually just try and get rid of that and just enjoy them for what they are, what they represent to you, I still view celebrities as basically like film characters. Like they live such extraordinary, strange lives that sometimes it's fine. Like I think it's really nice to believe the Ben Affleck and JLo relationship um, because it makes you happy. But I just don't think in reality okay. that that is a real relationship. Well, that makes me almost feel a bit better at, because then it's kind of their lives aren't perfect. Yeah. I don't like it when people's lives are too perfect. Because also I think, you know, JLo seems like really business savvy to me. And she's incredibly, she's she's the queen businesswoman, BB. I think it's a great way to stay relevant. Totally. And she's kind of launched some skincare. Did you see the video I sent you of her putting some glow yeah. on her? I think it's called glow. <laughs> you should get some. Highlighter. And she puts it on her forehead. She puts, she puts highlighter on these bits of her forehead. 
Interesting. On the side flanks. Yeah. Oh, flanks. No, no, no. They're definitely not called (laughs) flanks. The other one that you told me is a PR relationship, which I think is, you're right, is the latest Spider-Man guy and... Yeah, Zendaya and Tom Holland. Yeah. Because I I just think it's so interesting that, like, they've caused such heat online. People are obsessed with the idea of their relationship because Zendaya is so beautiful and Tom Holland is seeming like this geeky guy when it's like... He went to Sylvia Young or something. Yeah, yeah. He was like Billy Elliot. Um... Uh, I remember when I was doing a play when I was younger, my chaperone had chaperoned him <gasps> in Billy Elliot. And I just was really obsessed with he did like this one performance on GMTV and I just thought he was so good. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh my God. So when he was cast as Spider-Man, I was like, that's my, that's my boyfriend. <laughs> like, never met him. Um, and also the Billy Elliot house was in Ealing, near where we grew up. Oh shit, Where yeah. they all lived, yeah. Um, anyway. You can tell it's not real. I can tell from. I just I watched Spider Man, uh, the latest film, Mm. very much against my will. Um, I think that did you go to the cinema to see that? I went with um, Horatio's family. Okay, (laughs) they they. I just think that (coughs) I could. This is like a separate topic, but I just think it's so interesting, like the postmodernism of like modern like superhero franchises now, because this whole film was just about okay, we don't have any new plot, but let's just bring back all of the old Spider-Mans that we've had. Was Andy the, there? Yeah, Andrew Garfield, you know, who was the disgraced yep. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, we should talk about him <coughs> as oh, well. Oh, I love him. Oh, him and Emma Stone. That would be a good example yeah, of yeah. failed lovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but basically, I just didn't think that Tom Holland and Zendaya had like insanely good chemistry. Mm. But even I was more intrigued to see the film because of this supposed relationship. Um, so and, it's so clever what they do, isn't it? The PR people. And they make, they, they, they like, they drip feed it to you. There's like a photo of them like holding hands in a car. And then there's like all of these flirty little gifts of them at red carpet events. It makes you invest so much more in this story, which is ultimately just like another like Hollywood film, which is just about like high school lovers or whatever. For some reason, it just makes it so much more interesting yeah. when you know that they're together. So... Well, especially if they're, if I mean, in 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 other films, you know, if the couple is kissing and and having sex and stuff, and you're like, well, I'm basically watching this people have sex, and I'm allowed. Exactly. So it's almost like giving the people what they want, and we're all perverts, and we just yeah. want to watch like porn. We just want to watch like celebrities um, having sex and knowing, oh my god, they've probably actually had sex in real life. Why does it make it so much more appealing? Don't know. And it's like with the whole like leaked naked photos of people like Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence and Emma Watson and stuff like that. Emma you know, Watson? No way. I think there's some of Emma Watson. Not that I've looked. Um, <laughs> that would be... Solidarity <laughs> to your old friends. Bit weird. <laughs> um, but you know, I think that might be all PR too because you see them in their normal pants doing naked sexy photos for their boyfriend that's the, their boyfriend got leaked or their iPhone got leaked or whatever iCloud or whatever and it does make you want it, to it, it's just something so weird the fact that they have been looked at worldwide we all are perverts Instagram even though it's not a sexual platform is essentially us perving on mm. other people's lives yeah. daily and I think that what's like what's celebrity I view it as like this sort of this non-human sort of like spirit animal thing celebrity is like this ever-evolving thing and it it changes depending on what um the public wants and I think that celebrity used to be something that was on a on a pedestal Mm -hmm. um and celebrities would want to kind of keep their private lives a little bit more separate so that they could seem like these godly figures Mm -hmm. but I think nowadays because of social media and because of the fact that we can all put stuff out there online celebrities and celebrity has realized that um uh you have to share parts of yourself for people it's, to want it's, you. It's protocol now. So I feel like there's like an intimacy now where like 
almost I, I wouldn't be surprised if some celebrities leaked their own nude photographs they do because it makes them this sympathetic but also this really desirable figure because you realise oh my god they're a sexual person too yeah that's why celebrity relationships are so beguiling because it makes you think of them as real people that need real love no, connections no it's an absolute thing to, to leak your own sex pics mm. dick pics yeah Kim Kardashian yeah it's like, it's, it's such a clever move. It's, it's totally true. Everything used to be perfect and they used to be almost royal. And now it's the more you share, the more explicit you are about every aspect of your life, the more likely you are to become more successful. So do you think that the Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson relationship is real or PR? I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I just think the speed of these relationships is just incredible. Mm -hmm. But it, they're not living in the real world. No. They're living in an alternate reality where everything is possible and everything is given to them on a plate. Yeah. So, of course, they have quicker, more sexy, famous relationships quicker because they have those opportunities. Totally. And they can probably, like, fly on a jet plane to Italy to go have, like, their third date or something like that. Like, it just it speeds things up so much more. I also think it's so funny that she's with Pete Davidson, who's kind of, you know has a similar skater boy aesthetic as um, Travis yeah. from Blink-182, who's, who Courtney just had, you know, been engaged to. Mm. I just think it's just, is this just her being jealous of her sister <laughs> and wanting to copy him? Um, but other couples that I received, I don't know if you got these ones, <laughs> and I found them all quite depressing because they're all older. There were no kind of younger couples that had been together for five plus years. They were all... Goldie Horn, mm -hmm. Goldie Horn and Kurt Russell. Yeah. Love that relationship. Don't trust it. Sorry. Really? No, I don't trust them. Why? I don't know. Something about them. Goldie Horn to me is never... She's always rubbed me up a little bit the wrong way. Yeah. I don't know why. Something about them. Yeah. Just I don't trust. Yeah. I don't know why. I think it's because Kurt Russell played the villain in Tron. Christmas Chronicles. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Tron. Is it not Tron? It might be Guardians of the Galaxy. Ever since you played the villain there, I'm like, mm, I don't trust you, Kurt. Well, ever since I saw him in Christmas Chronicles, I really had to just... Jesus Also, Christ. Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, I think we should talk about too. Yes, they're a good... They're a good young one, actually. Yeah, but loads of blind items about Emily no Blunt way. being a bitch eater. No way, go on. A bitch eater? No. <laughs> <laughs> What's a bitch eater? <laughs> Why is she? A big cheater. A, a big, big cheater. cheater. Yeah, loads. If no you, way. Again, listen to this podcast fluently forward. Um, there's a whole episode they have on blind items on the US office. It's a fantastic episode. And most of them are about Emily Blunt apparently having all sorts of affairs with um, her co-stars. and John James Corden. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and uh, I just think that she seems the type. No, she I don't think she seems the type. Well, I don't think John would cheat. John's no, I don't think John would cheat, but um, John Krasinski always has given me a little bit of the creeps. I don't know why. Oh, no, I love John I, I just can't believe that. You think Emily Blunt is a cheater? Yeah. Big cheater. Big cheater. Oh, no. Apparently. Apparently, according to these blind items, yeah. Um, but again, she's grown up in the industry. She has. She's She was basically a child actress. Mm. She was, you know, a teen actress. You 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 don't have a normal sense of you reality. You develop like a really weird. I, I've worked with actors who have um, like been quite famous since they were young, and when they're on set, that's where they are most at home. Mm. They treat everyone on the set like from the grip to the gaffers to the director, everyone exactly the same, like their family members. So they kind of lose a bit of perspective what, with what's appropriate work behavior and what's like just personal yeah. life behavior. Like apparently, Julia Roberts supposedly has an affair with like you know whoever's working on like her film like she'll like have affairs with like 
people who are working in the camera crew. Do you know what? Now I feel kind of sorry for them. Yeah. I think before I'd be jealous. I'd be like, that's so cool that they can have affairs all the time and just, you know, have that power. But now I actually feel sorry for them because they aren't, they're, they're not really all there. Yeah, and it, they, they have like a lost lost child vibe to them sometimes, those yeah. types of actors. Um, and having affairs with people in the camera crew is like having set crushes or whatever. Mm. It is indicative of the fact that like you're a little bit away with the fairies, I think. Yeah, you're playing a role. Because inevitably, it's like having an office crush. Like once you leave that set or you stop working on that job, you probably wouldn't be attracted to that no. person, but you just needed something to do. What's really interesting as well about Julia Roberts is... Um, because she's like very much like America's sweetheart or was for a period of time. But um, yes. these pictures came out of like her wearing, she had an affair with a cameraman or a DOP and he, he was married to someone called Vera at the time. And then Julia Roberts was pictured wearing a homemade t-shirt that said, Alo Vera. But like instead of Alo Vera, the, the herb or whatever, yeah. it was low L-O-W. So like, as in like she she was criticising this wife for apparently getting really upset about the fact that Julie Roberts had ended their marriage. But it's like, you're the one who was the, the home wrecker. Why would you bother to get a t-shirt made? To make it yourself and get paparazzi with it on, on purpose. I'm sorry, that's insane. That is crazy. So then I looked it up and apparently she, apparently Julie Roberts is a little bit of a troublemaker. Oh my God. Um, Freddie Prinze Jr. Sarah Geller, Pitt, Pierce Brosnan and his wife Yes, Kelly. I got that, I got that. Gary Barlow and his wife Dawn. Oh, Gary Barlow. Gary I, it doesn't Barlow. surprise me that he's no. in a long-term relationship. He's too, he's too into his music. Yeah. He, he's just, <laughs> he's, he's the true artist of our time. Emma Bunsen and Jade from Damage. Good, good one. Um, Paul Bettany and, oh, what's her name? Victoria? Paul Bettany and his wife, mm-hmm. the beautiful actress who was in, who was a teen actress in Labyrinth. Jennifer Connelly. No way. Are they married? Yeah, they've been oh married. God, they've got kids. I had no idea. Yes, but after watching A Scandalous Affair or something on BBC recently with Paul Bettany and he's horrible in it, I now just, I just, I can't trust him. Um, um, also Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, good, good, good example. But hang on a second. Ryan Reynolds was married to Scarlett Johansson. I know. So I, know. I reckon that's, again, they've got kind of a... a I think they will last, Blake and Ryan, because he's been with Scarlett. Exactly. You've been with the most sexy woman in the world and you still walked away. Exactly. So I just feel like, to be honest, you have like Iron Man level strength at that point. It's like Blake has passed the ultimate test. Yeah, which is being able to be with someone who's been with Scarlett Johansson. She's beat Scarlett. If I met a man that had been with Scarlett Johansson, I think I'd be like, I can never speak to you again, yeah. unfortunately, because I'm never going to be able to live up to that totally. standard. I loved that film, what is it, A Marriage Story, because Scarlett wasn't looking her best. Mm. And I just, lo- I'm not, some people did think she looked her best, but I just like, I kept saying to Alfie, she doesn't look great, does she? She doesn't look great. <laughs> She's not. She's trying to convince, make ourselves feel better. But Nikki kept thinking that she still did look great. So oh, I even I loved her with the short hair in a marriage story. If you can pull off that short hair, come on. I know. If you could pull off that short hair, you should. Yeah. Fuck you, Scarlett, for pulling off that short hair. Chrissy Teigen, John Legend. Good example. Very good example of a, a you know a young youngish couple who have lasted. Um, but they seem to have such a good time together. Mm-hmm. I think when you expose yourself so much, because their lives are pretty much all there on Instagram, I think if you're both enjoying it, and, you know, with her losing her baby at 20 weeks, which is horrific, and her kind of really showing that in all its, like, awful detail, um, 
I think you, yeah, you're kind of bonded by that. And I think that they, they're in it together. They definitely seem aspects. like a, like a genuine couple. And the fact that he um, is still supporting her through her being sort of cancelled and stuff. I don't personally like her. Um, pretty, I, I like think she's much. so funny. I don't know what, I, I, I know that she, ha- she did some horrible tweets when she was younger, right? That's why she's cancelled. Yeah, she's cancelled also because she told um, this really young woman. Do you remember she was in Heat oh, Magazine all herself. the time? The one that was married to that 50-year-old guy, was her name Courtney something? I don't um, And uh, she told her to go kill herself. And Chrissy Teigen, I think, deleted something like hundreds of tweets because she realised that um, lots of her old tweets were going to get analyzed. Imagine her panic as she was deleting her tweets. And I just think it's so interesting as well when you realise that somebody, even with that level of fame, they still feel the need to comment on everything that's going on. They still feel the need to stay relevant. It's like when you see a celebrity using TikTok badly and you're like, wow, even despite the fact that you clearly live in a beautiful mansion and you have every rich, <laughs> you still need, you feel the need to do this TikTok trend. I completely agree. So I stumbled across Drew Barrymore mm. on Instagram. I think she tried to do a TikTok okay (laughs) and she had all she was doing and I completely relate because I can't do TikTok TikTok TikTok. (laughs) yeah you definitely definitely can't do TikTok for those who follow me on TikTok um our cave sisters account there's only four persons just my favorite clips and friends oh my god it's so funny that you don't know how it works it is so funny Drew is just talking to the camera and she's showing a hole in her jumper that um, she's just discovered that she has moths and she's just saying I have moths. <laughs> I have moths. And then I just thought it was just so sweet. I was like, why are you doing this? Why? Who's making you do this video? Nobody is. And it's like Britney Spears on her Instagram account. Obviously, we've spoken about that a lot before and, yeah. you know, the implications and is, is she okay? But I think if you're going to look at it in a more lighthearted way, seeing celebrities use social media badly, it's it warms my heart. Totally. Because it's like, okay, cool. At least they've had this crazy glamorous life, but at least they are super lame when it comes to still needing to like promote themselves and wanting that validation kick from social media like the rest of us. But why, when you get to a certain level of fame and success, you have the money, you, like why do they need to still do it? This is what I'm so confused by. I, when I see actors getting more and more roles, mm. they're in everything. I just suddenly think, it's not that fun. Yeah. Why are you doing it? Mm. Why do you continue to do this? What do you mean like the the promotional side of it? Like, why do they feel the need to keep working at the level they are and fuck everyone the level they are and TikTok and Instagram and do everything? Like, what? Why? Why? Why do they... Why? Is there never... is, Is this also symbolic of relationships? Like, is it never enough? I think... Do you know what? I think what would... What's interesting is say like a a successful actor has like a very young family, but then they still feel the need to keep working on like really long shoots and films away. That's interesting Mm. because I guess it shows that the, 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 the hungry like bug inside them, which like wants to work and be famous and stuff. Maybe that's stronger even than your desire to like be there for your family. Cause I always think if I had like a young family, I wouldn't, I wouldn't accept like a, a job offer to like work for six months to a year no. away. I just couldn't do something. Like nor that. would I. I've never been offered it. But I nor would I. Never, like, never been <laughs> offered it. But I <laughs> would love the chance to turn it down. Um, uh, it Tom, is Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. Good example, but you know, I they're not new because they were probably married when marriage was still just like the done thing. I think they probably bypassed the. the I think couples who got together say five, ten years ago and are still together. That's really interesting because they stayed together throughout this time in our culture where it is a bit more free for all. Everything's yeah. a bit more, you know, I just, 
uh, yeah old long-term couples who are that age I kind of I, I, I think it's amazing but I also think I want I want examples that I can really relate to right now. Yeah, and Tom Hanks to me, like I love him, but there's always something about me that's like, I don't know. I just feel like there's a scandal waiting to come out about him. Castaway is just such a beautiful movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I thought was interesting? The Ricky Gervais Golden Globe speech, which was amazing. I'm pretty sure I've talked about that before, no. oh, where yeah, he yeah. kind of lambasts the industry and um, he... Ricky Gervais is a good couple. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is, isn't he? Jane. Um, Basically, where he just criticised the culture of celebrity and said, like, don't come up here and make any of your fucking political speeches because nobody cares and you guys are out of touch with reality. It was an amazing speech, to be fair. And, like, lots of the celebrities looked uncomfortable. Lots of them were like, yeah, Ricky, go for it. But Tom Hanks looked especially uncomfortable. And I just thought that was really interesting and telling because it's like, you clearly think that you are a bit of a god. Do you know what I mean? Um, when actually you've just been incredibly lucky to have this in- incredible career. Obviously, you're very talented, but I didn't like his response. His, his facial expression was really like stinky, and I was like, Mm-mm, I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like but it. But that's all the examples. Like, that's all the couples I got suggested. Isn't that amazing? That's all of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but but the, on repeat. So Beyonce you, and Jay Z. But no, come on, Becky. What about yeah. Becky with the long hair? <laughs> Becky with the good hair. Oh, Becky with the good hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long hair. It's that's not <laughs> clearly on your mind. Um, Beyonce and Jay Z. Yes, again, it's it's the perfect example of a celebrity relationship that will, has been tainted by the affairs. And surely, it's more it, like they can't break up because of the financial reasons. Mm. But then you know her photos with her. They've had twins since, haven't they? Yeah. Was that no after idea. Becky? I have no idea. We should look that up. I'm not really like super on the Beyonce Jay Z side of the internet. No, and I, I isn't she just now focused on her work for Adidas <laughs> <laughs> or Cartier? Yeah, I think that she she is like the new face of Cartier. Maybe she is the queen of doing um, Instagrams with no caption. Mm, yeah, she can pull it off. It's bold. She really can pull it off. Whenever I see that someone I follow has liked Beyonce, I'm just always just like slightly disappointed. Whenever I see that somebody I know has liked a photo of one of the Kardashians, I'm always slightly disappointed. Yeah. It's just like, why bother? They've got enough likes, guys. Because it, it's not even that I'm like judging them for it, but it's like, this is just a photo of them outside like a hotel with a nice outfit on. Like, why are you liking it? Mm. I just don't, I just don't understand the appeal of their Instagrams. Like it... Especially well, when you analyze, like, because obviously I, I, I think it's really fascinating, um, the Kardashian spin, um, because obviously Kylie Jenner's partner, the the father of her child, Travis Scott, he is embroiled in this huge controversy because um, of the people that died at his concert. Do you know about this? Yes, Astro yes, World. yes. Um, so what's so fascinating is how horrific that news story is and the fact that clearly no safety precautions were put in place. People were saying it was like a satanic ritual, um, this whole concert, people getting crushed. It was just awful. But what's so fascinating is that the immediate response is that Kylie is now in none of the Kardashian group photos. The rest of them are still doing their normal photos, still doing their normal selfies, still promoting their normal stuff. But because Kylie is still in the hot seat, she she wasn't in any of the Christmas photos. And Kim posted a photo of her two of her kids at Disney World, but one of them was clearly a photoshopped head. And apparently it's because it was Kylie's child, but they they deemed it um, it was still too hot to have anything to do with Kylie. They don't want to like taint the brand any more than it already has been tainted. So they photoshopped Kim's child's head onto Kylie's child's body, and like all of these TikToks about it, like showing how it was obviously Photoshop. And maybe they do that sort of stuff on purpose to create intrigue. But I just find it so fascinating that 
we know that Kylie's like embroiled in this like horrible thing and yet you can still see a photo of uh, Kendall Jenner and you can be like oh cool I'll like it yeah it's, it's just amazing crazy. how separate that that and they're become. still presenting as this perfect they want to just it's all about the brand and they're just trying to brush it under the carpet it's just it's just so fascinating to me but we just we do move on from these things so quickly yeah. we move on from scandal so unbelievably quickly and getting into relationships is a huge way of distracting part of the reason why I think that the Kim Kardashian Pete Davidson thing is a bit of a PR scandal is because it happened around the same time as this World tragedy and it really distracts away from the Kardashians being seen as this like nasty group of people that could allow like they they make billions and billions of pounds and yet they couldn't afford like proper safety measures at this concert and so nine people died nine like young people with their whole lives ahead of them but they know that the news cycle is going to be more interested in Kim Kardashian going out with Pete Davidson yeah. And being spotted around New York. I just I just find it so fascinating. It is. It really is. I think the relationships can be used to cover up a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, I think that they're probably, after, you know, you saying all the stuff, I think that the majority of the celebrity couples out there that we see today are probably business couples. Yeah. And that's really sad. But the ones that you don't see that are together... And they aren't photographed. That, you know, it's great. It's great. They do exist. They exactly. must exist. Exactly. And I definitely think that there is a new type of relationship uh, growing or trend for relationships growing that is not necessarily getting married and um, staying together forever, but, you know, having, you know, great relationships that last for however long they need to last and then, you know, moving on. Obviously, it would be great if you could say, I'm going to be with this person forever. Um, we don't need anyone else. We're completely satisfied with each other. Uh, they don't annoy me at all. For e- and, they, and they won't ever annoy me at all. Or they do annoy me and I'm still wanting to be with them forever. Um, but I doubt that is really that realistic. And life is longer now, maybe, well, for, hopefully. So, yeah, it is kind of unrealistic to think oh, I'm going to be together with someone forever. And rather than have that expectation by getting married or, you know, saying, you know, declaring publicly, oh, we're together forever, just seeing how it goes. Yeah, and I think it's kind of like if you view celebrities as sort of like big kids in a way, um, they it, it makes it slightly easier to... Um, like understand why they do end up having like multiple relationships over the course of their lives and they're not real they're not we shouldn't be jealous of them I think I used to be so jealous of them exactly so jealous of Bennifer but they're not real probably and it's we're not seeing everything no and it must be really stressful to have to like plan dates around like when you can get paparazzi to like take photos of you and stuff yeah exactly and go on all the yachts and everything yeah I would hate to go on a yacht. I would hate, I was just about to say that. Hate to go on a yacht. Please, never go on a yacht. I never want to go, why would you want to go on a yacht? Give me the money that yacht costs. Exactly. Who the fuck wants to do that? So I think we've covered a lot of good topics in this definitely, podcast. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, it was such a serious podcast that we have. It was. That was uh, that was our most intense chat ever about, you know, celebrity. <laughs> Paul Deneau and Zoe Kazan, I want to know if they're still together. They are still together. They, I love them as a celebrity couple, but also at the same time, like a little bit smug. Don't you think a little bit smug, like writing films together and stuff? Writing films and being able to make films. Totally. Because, you know, a film is not cheap. A film is not cheap. They must come from money. I think that her father is someone in the industry, maybe. Yeah. Um, I love Paul Dana so oh, much. Oh, Dakota Johnson and uh, Chris Martin. Oh, of They're still together? I think they are still together, yeah. Somebody saw them at a concert. I remember um, reading that on a blind item. Oh. 
I, re- I mean, like, it's just so fascinating because, like, uh, blind items, having since discovered them in the last couple of weeks, I realised, oh, my God, that is a fall. Like, that is a hole I could totally fall down into. And I'm going to try not to because yeah. it's, it's, like, a little bit silly. But if you are the kind of person that's, like, really interested in, like, the latest up-to-date celebrity gossip... It is, it is a treasure trove. Yeah, I don't think I can, because I, you know, I, I just don't think I have time to get into it, but mm, no. I'm, I'm excited to, you know, hear you report back occasionally. Yeah, and I think it's like, what's nice as well is if you view, like, especially if you read something bad about a celebrity, to just take it with a pinch of salt, because it's like, again, view them like they are characters in a weird stage play that we are all watching. Um, like, the culture of celebrity is so dysfunctional and strange that if you just, like, make sure that you're, like, detached from it, like, they aren't, there are real people underneath those names and stuff that you don't really know them so like you just have to because i mean even with our very minor limited experiences of the way that people can talk about you online Mm. being in in a really invasive negative way i can't imagine how awful it feels to um have like shit spread about you um or like rumors about stuff that could be true or not true so i like to just view them as like they're characters in a book or something they are characters in a book talking of books um for people who are like lovely supporters of us on patreon um our next book uh review we've chosen a book called the paper palace by miranda cowley heller so if you want to see our book review we're going to be reviewing that on patreon going to read a book a week oh my god yeah (laughs) Yeah. we are baby okay cool 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 cool, obviously we're not you know we're not that's going to really cut down into my tiktok time (laughs) (laughs) shit Shit. Okay. Okay, a book every two weeks. I think a book every two weeks, that's much more realistic okay, cool. for me. Yeah. Skim read. Exactly. Skim do what I do, it. skim read. <laughs> um, but thank you for listening. And if you do want to support us on Patreon, just, just forward slash Cave Sisters. That would be great. There's lots of extra stuff on there. Um, we love you. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Get our Have a good day. Bye. Bye.